With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Connect with others who work for themselves. Connect with like minds, new ideas, and fellow creators. Connect with innovators, industry experts, mentors, and potential partners. Connect with risk takers. Connect with opportunity and new possibilities. Connect with your inner leader, explorer, or inventor. Connect with what your business needs to succeed at QuickBooks Connect. Join us November 6th at the San Jose Convention Center. QuickBooks Connect, backing your path to success. Register now at QuickBooksConnect.com. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikos with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City. And if you have not figured it out, the next hour here on Nothing But Net is all about the Denver Nuggets. We have two co-hosts with us today. First, all the way out in Philly. It is Mr. Jeremy Poley. Jeremy, what's going on? Not much. Just uh, enjoyed some uh, family dinner time with, uh, got some in-laws in town. So full-on Italian meal, everything home-cooked. Um, just a, a good evening, man. I uh, I did not realize Poley was uh, Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Polioli. <laughs> <laughs> no, that... In-law was definitely the key word there. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Well, that's good. To, I, uh, I'm always down for a good uh, home-cooked Italian meal. It's pretty much the well, – it's one of the most indulgent ways you can go, but also definitely one of the best. So <laughs> I am all for it. Um, also joining us out in Boulder, Colorado, it is Mark Grimaldi. Mark, what's happening? Uh, not a lot. Thanks for having me. I uh, just got back. I'm going to ignore the – Italian polioli as the actual Italian on the show, but uh, <laughs> good to talk to you guys tonight. <laughs> I, I did not, uh, yeah, I did not consider Grimaldi. That is uh, certainly could be much more. It sounds much more Italian than Poli. I can tell you that. Grimaldi, Aldi, Aldi. <laughs> that's what they call me. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> boom. We are off to a fantastic start here on the, or on the uh, Big Axe Pundit Show. Uh, but uh, we don't want to delay because it is preseason is over. It is it is finished. We have officially reached the point where we can say we are into the regular season. The games that count start on what on Wednesday, I believe, right against the uh, against yep. the Los Angeles Clippers. So first off and foremost, make sure you guys are checking uh, or heading down to the Ryan House. In downtown Denver, we are going to be down there along with the Denver Nuggets. I'm sure 
Uh, Rocky will most likely make an appearance. The Denver Nuggets dancers, different personalities. Uh, all of uh, uh, the good Stiffs crew. Mark, are you going to be making it down there on I, Wednesday? I will be there on Wednesday. Excellent. See, so the world-famous Mark Grimaldi himself, uh, essentially the poster boy for all of Italy, he will be there. Uh, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> it's a real step up, um, but I'll take it. <laughs> so make, you guys, make sure you guys are checking us out down there at the, at the right House on Wednesday with tip-off 8.30. A little bit of a late night game, but that's okay. Um, should be a should be a great one. So we want to. I want to wrap up the the preseason. It's been they've played two games since we last were were on here on nothing but net. Uh, Nuggets, of course, lost to the Los Angeles Clippers uh, in a in a preview, I suppose, of that of that opening game that's coming up on Wednesday, and then they closed up the preseason with a win out in Chicago uh, against the Bulls. So we will we'll go back and recap those games. Uh, briefly, and then we're going to turn our focus towards the regular season. First off, we have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I mean, they've got a, a schedule that is, in my opinion at least, sets them up for success early on and then a test of their metal, metal later on. So I want to get talk about that. I also want to talk about what our concerns might be now that we've seen five preseason games. What are we still the biggest question we still have about the team as, as regular season is about to open, and then we'll we'll probably close out the show with just some general NBA predictions. I want to get Jeremy and Mark's opinions on the MVP race as it will get started, of course, and then of course, can anybody beat the Golden State Warriors? That is going to be a topic I want to discuss as well, and that will close out the show. So let's not let's not waste any more time. Preseason is finished. Like I said, thank goodness. I am tired of watching uh, the games that don't count on Slovenian streams that that I can find. Uh, It's nice that it'll be nice to have full out broadcast or, you know, I've had to watch some on my phone. It's been uh, it's been tough. But all right. I think, uh, you know, the preseason for me, it's a tale of two two different kind of scenarios we saw in the beginning the starters really kind of struggled and the bench pretty much carried the team, especially in the second and third game, the one against the Lakers and then the one against the Perth Wildcats. That was, those were the, the games where the bench really came out and, and carried the team. Then as, as preseason closed, especially with the final game there against the Chicago Bulls, it was more, more so the starters doing the, doing the heavy lifting for the team. Um, Jeremy, if you were going to give grades to both the bench unit and the starting unit, what would they be? Um, this might be a pretty boring answer. I, I would give them both the same grade. I'd give them both an A minus. Um, I think with the starters, this is not necessarily where the right place to look for um, a great measurement of how the core of your team is going to do during the season. Um, this is a place for experimentation. This is just a place for getting your players kind of ready and warmed up. It's the guys like Malik Beasley, um, your guys fighting for those seven and eight spots, maybe even those 10th, 11th rotation that that really have a motivation to, um, A, nail the job that the coach tells them to do, and B, stand out statistically. And and that's kind of where we as an audience gravitate towards. We see how some guy threw up, you know, 18 points in 14 minutes or something like that. And we say, wow, like, oh, we're, that guy's going to be so good this season, whereas the starters are 
more just kind of warming up. They're feeling things out. Um, in the case of the Nuggets, um, they've had so much practice together that they've personally organized throughout the offseason that I, I think they, they have a good feel for where everybody's at. Um, there's not any major changes going on. Sure, there's Will Barton now in the starting lineup, but you know he's 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 got how much time with these same guys on the same team for right. for a few seasons now. So um, yeah, you know, I don't expect too much out of my starters. And as you mentioned, they they played really well towards the end. If anything, their defense looked pretty good. So um, I'll give them a point for that. I give them an A minus, and, and the bench um, really shocked me. I, I'm really looking forward to what they're able to pull together. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. You know, even that, that point you made about Will Barton, I mean, yeah, he is the new guy in the starting unit, but I mean, what he played like, I think, I mean, almost half of the games he played last season, he was actually a starter anyways. It was, it was really close. So, I mean, it's, it's not like that's anything new to these guys. In fact, we saw, I mean, the statistics bear it out that when you have Will Barton in there with uh, the rest of that group of starters, uh, that is actually probably the best lineup the Nuggets have. So, Certainly, I think that they, they. I don't. I don't know if there's any anything to worry about there in terms of chemistry. There's, you know, they. I think if, if there was one game that was most concerning for me with the starters, it was that Perth game, and it was if anything else because it just looked like that mentality of you know we're playing the Perth Wildcats, so they they kind of came out really flat. I thought we saw a lot of mm-hmm. frustration fouls from Jokic in that game. Um, that one would be the most concerning. But by the, like you said, by the time the the end of the uh, the end of the preseason came there, and, and then and defensively they looked really good. Now they were playing the Chicago Bulls, so it's in preseason, so <laughs> let's, let's temper some uh, some expectations. Man, they that. look bad. Oh yeah, man, they're but, looking bad. Yeah, the, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long season in Chicago, that's for sure. Mark, what about you, man? What, what kind of grades would you give both of those two units? So I'm not going to deviate too much, um, but I would say for the bench, I would probably give um, an A or an A minus, and for the starters, I would go down to a B. Um, I, I agree that I was pretty impressed by the defense, and I'm not going to read too much in preseason, but um, the defense was fine. The offense, I thought the ball got a little sticky sometimes and didn't quite have the flow I would have hoped for, um, especially moving Will Barton into the starting lineup. I would have hoped for a little more offense. I think Jokic's finger is clearly bothering him. Um, and then both Gary and Jamal missed some games. So I think it's understandable, and I'm by no means hitting the panic button, but I don't think I was particularly impressed at any point by the offense um, from the starters. Um, so I'll, I'll just give them a solid B, um, which I think they did fine, and in the end it doesn't really matter if they show up in the beginning of the regular season. Um, as to the bench, I thought I was more impressed with the bench than I expected to be. Um, I came into this with very little faith in some guys like Malik Beasley, for instance, um, who then played within himself and I thought did a really good job. And I left the preseason thinking that the Nuggets might be a deeper team than I expected, which could be classic putting too much stock in preseason, but they impressed me. So I will go A for the bench and uh, B for the starters. That's no, that, that's solid reasoning there. Um, as well, I think that the bench, yeah, they Malik Beasley. I think that's a great point because he specifically was the guy. I, I felt the exact same way. I thought, you know, I was like, man, you know, because he got beat out by Tory Craig, and and, and really the, the credit should probably just go to Tory Craig and everything that he did uh, to do that. But he got beat out by Tory Craig, a guy who was a, a two way two way player last season, <clears throat> and and he, you know, when Gary Harris was hurt, uh, it was it was Tory Craig who was getting the minutes. 
not not Malik Beasley. So you kind of thought, all right, man, you're in your third season now. You're you're still not able to crack the rotation. There was a golden opportunity for you to do that, and, and you got beat out by a two way player. Maybe like it, this is just not going to work out here in Denver. But he's come out of this preseason, and he's he, with the exception of the last game where where he couldn't hit anything. But otherwise, I mean, Malik Beasley is shot is shot it as well as anybody. On, on the team, and that's that's really what the Nuggets need. They need just that consistent shooting presence, especially with Will Barton being in the starters now. You've got to find guys who can give you that offense, and as long as also Isaiah Thomas is out uh, because of injury, then you're, you're especially looking for those guys on your bench unit to give you that offense, and Malik gave that to them four out of the five games. That's that's certainly something that I think I would, I would agree with you guys. I would go with an overall A- for the bench, I would, I I would be right with with Mark probably and with a B on the starters just because I I don't know there was and maybe I think Jeremy you do have a good point that maybe they're just trying things out and so it's almost it, you expect it to look clunky, right? But they just they didn't really find their steam uh, until until the last game because even the second to last game they looked good but they coach didn't really play them that much. So it, it was kind of hard to gauge their their performance. Whereas the, the last game, they, they played the pretty much three quarters. So it was and, and they played well. So A for A for bench and and B for uh for, yeah and B for starters. I'm right there with you with Mark. Um, going down to I guess a little more of a micro level. Um, Jeremy, if you were gonna pick one guy who you thought, man, that guy impressed me more than anyone in, in the preseason, who would it be? Oh man, that. That's a good question because the bench, they all did so well. Um, and if I could just point out that uh, Jamal Murray had five steals tonight, like, and Gary Harris had two. If we're getting seven steals out of our backcourt um, on the regular, like, look out. But, um, again, we we all kind of point out that the bench stole the show. Um, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Trey Lyles. Um, I don't think he necessarily stood out, but he's being asked to really step it up this season. And um, those can be hard expectations of Phil. He's already looking like he knows how to do what the coach is asking of him. Um, I think even Mason Plumlee looked really good. That was a guy I wasn't expecting to. And and on top of that, he was the one guy that you weren't really hearing was working out with the team this offseason. So to me personally – I'm such a, a, a schmoozer as far as like I love the concept of a team that that enjoys being together and does all the extra stuff. I was the guy playing, you know, Madden and never like training players even when they did bad because I felt like oh they can all like they can come together and really do something. I can't trade a guy who used to be great. Like I, I really enjoy that concept. So with Plumley, I was like, man, he's not around at all. Like we're not maybe maybe he kind of drops out. And he looked great. Um, but let me answer your question. I mean, and I'll let everybody else kind of build on it because I know, I think, I'm assuming we're going to have the same answer as Malik Beasley. Um, I mean, Zach, you kind of nailed it there. He, that was a guy who was kind of falling kind of fast. I mean, he's been kind of falling for ever since he came in. But right. recently, as we look at his his contract, you know, starting to come to an end, we start seeing the minutes disappear um, and the opportunities, everybody is pretty much healthy. Um, knickknacks, sure, but um, uh, that looked like a guy that, that didn't really have much of an opportunity. And then for the summer league, where he, he did not look above 
all the other guys at summer league. And that's, that's a place you have to stand out. So, um, I'll give him credit, man. The, these were five games that he took, uh, he took advantage of. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so Malik is, uh, I mean, he's, I thought he was definitely one of the most impressive guys out there. And it's funny because you mentioned, you mentioned so many of them and you're right. I mean, you could go down the list of the bench. You can think about, you know, how well Monty Morris has played. Uh, True. As, yeah, as I didn't even say him. Guard, you know, and, and you, you would, it's easy to pick one. I would actually, I would probably go with Trey Lyles because I thought, I just think, man, even though Trey never, there was never like any game, one game where it was just like, man, he, he totally, uh, you know, shot the lights out or something like that. He just, uh, out of all the, out of all the guys in the preseason, when I looked at it, I said, man, that guy looks like he took the next step over, over the summer. Uh, Trey Lyles is really that one. I, I think Jamal Murray to it, to a certain extent as well, especially on the defensive side and what we saw against Chicago. Um, but, but Trey, you know, Trey's one of those guys where he's, he's, in the spot where the Nuggets are going to have to make a decision on him fairly quickly, right? He's um, he's going to be due up at the end of the season. The, they have an opportunity to give him an extension, and I think it's running out fairly quickly. It might be the end of the month, and then and then they they the deadline passes. And so the the Nuggets, whether it's whether it's with the Nuggets or whether it's someone else, Trey's got this, an opportunity this year. Uh, to, to basically, you know, cash in. This is finally, he's getting off his rookie contract and, and he looks like, and if it's, that's the motivation or if it's, you know, he just wanting to be a better player in general, whatever it is, he looks like that he, he came in to the off season with a plan and now he's coming into the, the regular season looking like a guy who, you look like a guy who potentially could push, you know, the Knicks also have to make a choice on uh, Paul Millsap coming up here and, he he's looking like a guy who potentially you could be like you know what I think we can we could feel fine uh, letting Paul go because we know we we'd rather put that money towards Trey Lyles as a long term part of our core. Uh, <sighs> I wouldn't. Oh man. That All right. Well, I want Jokic and 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 Lyles, man. I just see other teams just salivating seeing that, just feasting on them all night. Not if you're getting seven steals at the perimeter, right? Do we? <laughs> That's the. <laughs> And hey, we can play if we play the Bulls every night. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mark, what about you, man? What, what what player would you say stood out the most during the preseason? So I ultimately have to agree with you that I've got to go with kind of the boring answer of Trey Lyles. I think a lot of news came out of camp that he was kind of the guy to look for, and that coaches were really high on what Trey was doing. Um, and I agree that he didn't come out and have any really flashy moment like Wancho had, you know, one game and Beasley definitely impressed me, but I thought Lyles was just a steady, consistent force that I do think if he keeps that up all season, the Nuggets are going to have to start asking the question of how would he play with the starters? And I'm high on Paul Millsap. I think Paul Millsap's a great fit. And I think that any offensive clunkiness is going to get figured out. So I don't want to come out, uh, come off as somebody who is just trying to force Millsap out because I do think he's a great pickup and I think he'll work in the starting lineup. But um, I think the Nuggets are going to have to decide going forward, probably not this year, but into the future when Millsap's contract isn't guaranteed, what they want to do with Lyles because offensively, at least, he has looked fantastic. And with his length and athleticism, he should be able to develop some semblance of a defensive game. Um, and I, I've just been very impressed by the way he played in the preseason. Yeah, it's, um, you know, because what's funny is is we, we talk about, or, or I, I brought up, you know, well, maybe, you know, you have to make this decision between Millsap and Lyles, but it, 
we really haven't got a chance to really see much of Millsap in like the Millsap that we've expected, right? So we could within like two weeks we could be like, you know what, the, that was crazy because just because I mean Paul Millsap could still be that good, you know. Um, but Lyles, I just he's gonna be. I think he whether it's <clears throat> whether it's he becomes a starter or he's more of like a six man of the year candidate or or if he ends up going somewhere else, I just feel like he. He looks like this season. It's interesting. We talk a lot about Jamal Murray for most improved player, but we don't bring up uh, Trey Lyles in that, that position as much. And he potentially, you know, uh, with the right with the right opportunity, could could certainly do that. So I, I I'm with I'm with Mark and then, but like you said, Jeremy, I mean, there's there's so many guys you could you could pick from, and, and, and Malik certainly. If if it was gonna be if it wasn't gonna be Trey, then the next guy I would say would be Malik, and uh, the way he played. So um, I'm with both of you guys. I think those are both. Both great picks. <clears throat> All right, so on the on the opposite side, Mark, I'll throw it right back to you. Um, who would you say did did the least amount of help for them uh, this preseason? So I know some people disagree, but I'm going to say Tory Craig. Um, okay. I think he got a, a shot with the starters, which I know is tough. He probably didn't get a ton of minutes with those guys. He's not going to play a ton of minutes with that lineup, especially during the year. But I thought watching him last year, I was impressed with his on-ball defense. Um, I thought he played the passing lanes well. Um, I thought he was good in transition. He's clearly athletic. And he had shot well in Australia, but that didn't totally translate um, to the NBA. But the word, at least from what I was reading, was that that's really what he had worked on in the offseason, was that he was trying to solidify his jumper, which uh, spacing the floor would be huge if he's going to play with starters. And I just didn't see that at all. Um, and I was expecting, you know, him to be able to actually be in a training camp, be with the team, get the speed of the game more, all things he didn't get last year on the two-way contract, and then have that improved jumper he had been working on. And I, I didn't expect him to come out like gangbusters, but he really looked like the exact same Tory Craig to me. Um, and I, I was hoping to see improvement. And if Malik is going to improve, and if Wancho looked good on offense. He obviously needs to pick it up on the defensive end. And Trey Lyles is looking good. With all of those guys taking a step forward, I think it could be hard at this point to see where Torrey Craig is fitting in if Torrey Craig is not progressing. So I think he did the least to help himself move forward. You know, the, oh, the interesting thing is you you kind of looked at that that game against the Bulls and it was like, you know, it seemed like coach was pretty much going with the, this is, this is going to be my group. I mean, he played, uh, Murray played 31 minutes, Barton played 30, Jokic played 28, Harris 29. You might, they didn't really play, like I said, in the fourth quarter. So you would, uh, uh, you would expect them to play a little bit more there. And so those guys might push up, you know, all of those guys up into the, about the mid thirties for your starters. But, uh, it looked pretty much like it was the, the dress rehearsal for, uh, for the regular season, and Tory Craig did not play. Right, Juancho Hernan Gomez got that got that spot at the at the small forward uh, over Tory Craig, and Malik Beasley got minutes. And so, I I kind of actually t- <coughs> sorry, I tend to somewhat agree with you. I think I think for whatever reason, you know, and we heard a lot. You're right. Tim Connolly specifically talked quite a bit about um, Tory Craig and, and how much he's improved his shooting. Uh, Tim, Tim talked a lot about that during media day. So it was, it was interesting to see, cause you're right. He didn't ever really seem to find his shot over, over these five games. Now that that could just be a, a cold streak at, at a bad time, but it's, it's something that I, I think that you're, we're going to have to follow and we're going to have to see, 
Um, but if you were going off of that game in Chicago, then it looks like Torrey is out of the rotation, which would be, which would certainly, then he didn't help himself because you had to assume he was, I mean, he came in, he started for Gary Harris that game one, like you said, so you would have to assume he was in the rotation, um, when the, when the preseason opened. Uh, another guy though, that I was going to bring up was Tyler Lydon because he's, I'm, I'm, I'm serious because here's a guy who, uh, you know, we, we saw or we talked to at media day. He said, you know, that he felt a ton better than what he did during summer league, that his knee was just really stiff, um, during summer league. And, and he, he felt like he was finally back to a hundred percent. Uh, he's a first round pick, you know, and, and he barely even cracked it off the bench. I mean, he got like, you know, he got less minutes than, uh, like Xavier Silas. And, and it's, it's, it's just very, very alarming to me. And maybe it's not his fault, but, um, for whatever reason, Leiden got basically no run in, in the preseason. And now it's kind of like, well, you talk about another guy who right now is like, man, where, where, where are they going with, with him? Um, Tyler Leiden's a guy who I, I, I don't know what, uh, you would, you would think now he might be headed back to the G league or something like that. It's going to be, uh, interesting to follow his progress, uh, this season because he will be up, start being up for team options starting next year. So, um, certainly a guy who, who I think, uh, is now in a, in a, in a, in a tough spot based off of the preseason. Jeremy, what about you? What, what guy do you think, uh, did the least for, for him during the preseason? Um, I, I actually, I have to agree with, with that, um, with both of you on, on Tory Craig, not really doing much. Um, but let me offer this as a, as a counter argument to, um, he might've done the least, but that might not mean much in terms of how it changes anything. Um, so when you, when you're the, and this applies to several people on this team that, that people like to talk about. When you're the fourth or the fifth shooting option in a lineup, um, so we're talking about Will Barton um, now going into the starters. We're talking about um, – I've heard people talk about, man, I wish Trey Lyles would be bumped up and, and be the starting small forward. When you're that guy who's, who's that low on the list, you need, to be, you need to be really worth all the things that don't involve shooting. You need to really be worth – being on your spot where it counts in the offense, being ready for offensive boards, for setting up um, screens on defense. You need to be accountable for either the man that you're guarding specifically or for, for owning up to where you're at, crashing the boards. Um, that is what's so critical. So when Torrey Craig shot so poorly as he did this preseason, to me, I'm a lot less concerned about that than if Gary Harris, you know, our number two or our number three shooting option, comes in shooting the same way. Um, and then same thing, uh, just to bring around about, you know, with Will Barton, I, I'm not as concerned as a lot, a lot of people like, oh, he's the guy who shoots us out of games. Um, well, if he knows that either he plays the hot hand, he's shooting well so they can go with him, or that he's got other responsibilities so he shouldn't be shooting that much because he knows he's out there with Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic. Um, I'm not so concerned about that. If Trey Lyles goes in as the fourth or the fifth shooting option. I'm sorry, the guy's a shooter. Like, he needs to be shooting. So he's way more useful coming off the bench. So with Torrey Craig, 
also one possibility in this game against Chicago is that coach already knows what he has in Torrey Craig, already knows exactly how he's going to use him. What he needs to figure out is do I go with Wancho or do I go with Malik Beasley for these last remaining minutes? Right. Um, and, and he feels so confident. Again, as you point out, this is a guy he's inserted in the starting lineup, Torrey Craig, when Gary Harris was out for the first preseason opener. Um, he, he And we're going off of not a few games. We're going off of an entire season where Torrey Craig earned it. And, and Coach saw him earn it in practice, saw him earn it on the court. Um, so at this position, it could very easily be the fact that he got zero minutes is because Coach knows exactly what he has, and his question marks are with a few of the other players. That is, good. That is uh, actually an excellent counterpoint. I will, um, I will buy into that. Uh, yeah, so to recap, I'm not saying it's true. Jeremy's answer of who did the least is that Mark is wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying it just might not matter. <laughs> I'm saying I completely agree with you, but for a guy who the coach already knows inside and out and how he's going to use him, he might not care that he's not shooting. No, well that makes a lot or, of sense. Or, or, or didn't. Yeah. I, uh, you know, what? I, I also should should point out that Tyler Lydon actually did shoot fifty percent uh, this this preseason. Ooh. He was one of two uh, over the course of the entire preseason. So. For two, <laughs> two total points. Yeah. Should have stuck to just 50%. So oh, much better before the rough stats. <laughs> well, he, he did also get a free throw in there. So uh, I think he got three points overall this preseason. Yeah, uh, I, I, that, that's a good point, Jeremy. I, um, I, I, I could certainly see that. I mean, Tyler, or Torrey Craig is a, uh, is a trust guy for, uh, for Coach Malone. So, you know, like you said, he, he knows what he's got with him. Uh, maybe he's trying to figure out that last spot uh, because Wancho Wancho did actually have a pretty good game against the Clippers as well. He had a double double, uh, what eleven points, twelve boards. So, um, oh man, that season opener where he fooled us all into thinking that he was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Again. It was like that Golden State game a couple years back where Wancho's good for one of those like uh, you know, every 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 six <laughs> right. months. Or so. <laughs> Get one of those out. Of all right. Um, <clears throat> tell you what, we are we are right around at thirty. So we will go ahead and we'll hit a break. And then we will be right back. We'll start looking towards the uh, regular season. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 
718-719-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. spent the first half of our show talking about the preseason wrapping it up who impressed who didn't impress uh what grades we give our starters and our bench so now i'm gonna say let's move forward to uh, to the regular season and i alluded to this at the start of the show uh the nugget schedule is it's, it's once again it was just like this last season too they mm-hmm. they have just a brutal stretch at the end of it i mean they're just like one after another, teams that should be competing for the playoffs. Lots of road games. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding again. Um, last season they did not get off to as good of a start as they could have, and I think every every single player on the team would acknowledge that. Um, Jeremy, I mean, how important is it now for the Nuggets to make sure that they take care of business out of the gate uh, and and win as many games as possible? I am actually kind of scared, man. Uh, it, it looks a little light, and it looks like, oh, there's a good place where we can learn a few lessons. But, um, you know, another thing that they have going uh, for them, not only with uh, the lighter front of the schedule and the heavier back, is that a few of these other contenders have some key guys that have gone out for injury that are going to be coming back, you know, halfway through the season. So when things are going to get rough for the Nuggets, they're going to start getting really rough. Um, this is not the time. This is not the month or two to figure out, you know, should should Wancho be the getting the backup um, wing minutes or should Malik Beasley be getting them or should Torrey Craig be getting Like, this is not the time for experiment um, experimenting. So, um I I have never felt more pressure when there's no pressure on than than what the Nuggets are facing up front here at the start of the season. And I'm almost kind of looking at it as um, this is just part two of of their road to the playoffs. Like last season wasn't last season. It was the first half of this long season that we're in because we learned some lessons back then that we don't have time to learn now. Right. Right, yeah, that's and you know that, that's kind of an interesting thing that I'm be watching. Is it, it seems like okay, so this is what Coach Mo's fourth season now um, with this team. It's he's always seemed to spend some time, like he spends that first month or right. two figuring out what what this team's identity is going to be and what they're going to do. We should, and it always ends up turning up that we, we should run the the offense through Jokic. Um, right. <laughs> so you would hope, you would hope at this point, eight like, times right, a charm, right? We're going to, we're going to, we're just going to roll with that right out of the gate. Um, and, and not all it's on coach is also on it's, I think a lot of it's on Jokic to, to roll out of the gate, uh, and to execute. And I think there's, there's some reason, uh, to be a little concerned there, but, um, <clears throat> I mean, I agree. It's, 
I don't think I we saw last season, right? What it what it happens when they get their backs put against the wall. They can end up playing some really great basketball, but all it takes is one slip up. All it takes is one turnover with four seconds left in a game to to completely throw the thing out the window. So it's so I mean it, it's just so important for them to to get off the start and and also just to to give the fans confidence that this is going to be different. This year is going to be different. We're not going to end up one game outside the playoffs because we're not going to be sitting here uh, dropping games. We shouldn't in November against, against inferior right. teams. You know, that's, that's a, uh, there's, I think there's a vital, I, I could, man, I could go on for a long time about this and get off, get off top, but there's a vital, a vital point right now with the Denver Nuggets in that, the, the the city of Denver got a little taste of the playoffs there with the Rockies once again. The Broncos look like an absolute dumpster fire. Um, and, and it's basically, you've got the Avalanche and the Nuggets. And these two teams could capture the city's attention. And, and, and the thing about it, the, the Broncos is they look like they could be a dumpster dumpster fire for yeah, at least a few more seasons, right? Like they, they, nobody thinks they're, they're trending up. So this is the moment where they could capture this. Um, and it's, and it really starts, I think this year, it, it somewhat started last year, but now at this point, they, they've got to make, make that next step, right? The Rockies made that next step. The avalanche made that next step. The nuggets got to take that next step. Otherwise they're just going to be the same old nuggets. And that, so that just as much as anything, I think is important for them to get off to this, this big start, because this, I think it's such a crucial year for them to make the playoffs just from a fan perspective, and we, we, I haven't even talked about you know the coaching perspective um, or the front office perspective and the consequences that could come from missing the playoffs, anything like that. But with the schedule the way it's set up, with the stakes, man, I'd like to me it's a huge, uh, huge reason to get started uh, off, off, off on a, on a hot start. Mark, what about you, man? Are you are you with us, or or are we are we crazy and thinking that it's? I mean, these are just just one of eighty two games, or, or just the one part of eighty two games. No, I'm absolutely with you guys. Um, and I think it comes down to a few things for me. Uh, the first thing I would note is just that I feel like the last couple of years, there has been a what we called soft part of the schedule. If I remember right, um, last year was sometime either in January or February right. that everyone was expecting the Nuggets to really go on a run, and they just didn't do that. And then they right. performed in other games that they weren't expected to and finished one game out two years in a row. And to me, it's really come down to year after year, I think this team has really played to the competition um they weren't blowing out bad teams in fact last year they lost to i think every single western conference team that didn't make the playoffs um and additionally atlanta and i think some eastern conference teams too um and then it's the same team that beats the warriors and has played really well against the warriors and portland and new orleans at the same time and so it seems like year after year the times that they should go on a streak they're not doing that and that they're kind of just playing to the competition. And if they do that again this year, the West has only gotten better. Um, and there's another great opportunity to miss out on the playoffs. And so this needs to be the year, in my non-professional opinion, um, that they need to finally just play their game and not play down to teams. And, I mean, we've been saying for years that the Spurs are the Spurs because they beat bad teams and they may not beat great teams all the time because their lineup is in and out, but they always take care of business on the games they should win. And if the Nuggets really want to make the playoffs and really want to make noise this year, this is the year to do it. And that's the beginning of the schedule. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. Good that we're all in agreement there. Uh, makes for terrible radio, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so let's, I mean, I kind of, Mark, let me throw this back at you. Kind of talking about uh, taking care of business and, and getting off to a hot start. Let's start with game one. We'll start with Wednesday because I... Uh, I man, I, I'm telling you, I think they they lose this game. I just do. I it, it, I just feel like that's that's just nug life, right there. Uh, <laughs> what about you though, man? I mean, what 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 percentage? Where would you put the 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 line or the odds at for uh, the Nuggets winning this home opener? So I'm actually going to say somewhere between sixty or sixty five percent for a Nuggets win. Um, I, I think that overall, I've been happy with preseason. I have very little faith in the Clippers roster. I think going back to sea level for a team that has looked more tired than I expected in preseason will be helpful. Um, and if there's ever been a year in which Coach Malone is going to have urgency and instill that in his team, it's the year he's going into a, a, a lame duck contract year. So I'm at least hopeful there's going to be less of kind of a lull in the beginning of the year while he figures things out because he's a smart enough guy to know that he doesn't have that time this time. Um, I think they also know they're coming home to a back-to-back with the second game against Golden State. So I think best case scenario, they're going one and one at home to start. So I'm having the faith in the team to know that this is an important game to pick up so they can start two and one instead of one and two. Um, And I'm picking a win. All right. That's a, You're, like you're more optimistic than I am. The one thing I would counter is I actually think the Clippers have a sneaky good roster. They, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. You think about how good Lou Williams was last season. Uh, they, Tobias Harris, Gallo looks healthy. Like there's, I think there's a lot to Montrez. Montrez Harrell is another, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I just know. think do you, do you pronounce the guys L? are going to have to play. I do. And who is their eighth and ninth guy? Uh, it's Montrezl oh. Harrell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Milos Teodosic, man. Like, ah. No, I, I feel the exact opposite. Um, if I can butt in here. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the third string of these guys and I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? This team to me is so decked out from, from the top to the bottom. It, it's surprising. Um, so at point guard, they have maybe one of the best uh, future point guards of the NBA who played great in summer league has played great in pe- preseason. Shea Gilgis Alex- Alexander, um, Jerome Robinson is their third string shooting guard who came in and blew us up in the preseason. Um, Wesley Johnson is their third string small forward. He's a guy that we were talking about maybe training for this off season and having start for us as a small forward. Um, and then, and then the Bobin, the, the crazy giant who came in and single-handedly destroyed our team last season. And every and time is, he's played us since, Bobin right. always scares me. Right. Yeah. Their, their starters dig them into a 30 point hole and then Bobin comes in and just crushes everybody. Um, so, so I'm very scared. There, there's not a minute where these guys are to me, where there's, these guys are going to be laying up. That's not even talking about the second stringers. Um, Montrezel is, is, I might stumble through it. Um, also had a good had good games against us last season. Um, this time they've got Luke Mbamute, who was a sneaky, hugely important glue guy, defense guy for Houston um, previously. And then of course Lou Williams, best six man in the NBA. Milos Teodosic, definitely underappreciated, I think. Um, 
again, I've just spent all this time talking about their third and second string um, and they're healthy. Like what? The Clippers are healthy. Danilo Gallinari is healthy. So so I, I give the Nuggets like, um, I mean, I still give them the edge. I give them 55%, but this is a team full of veterans, full of guys who know what it means to win um, in all their different ways. Um, these are older guys. These are not guys, for the most part, um, who are just stumbling around. Um, they know what they're doing. They know how to win. They're physically more mature. Um, it's going to be a, a hard-fought game. So I just I just checked it. Uh, Boban played in, in the preseason. He played 15 minutes against the Nuggets. He scored 14 points, had 12, no. 12 rebounds, and three block shots in That's 15 disgusting. minutes. <laughs> That's absolutely And I disgusting. think that might be lower production than the regular season game last year against the Nuggets. Right. Yeah. I think right. He, he put on an MVP performance for one game of his life. Yeah, seriously. You know, another guy would even the, the Clippers also have Avery Bradley. Like, uh, there's another, I mean, there's just... Now, Jeremy's right. When he went through the roster, I, I, I think I am undercutting their second and especially their third string lineup. And this is 100% a team I'd rather play in a month when half of them are hurt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had no idea. I had no. I just pulled it up and I saw those names and was blown away. So I had no idea either until I looked at it. So, Jeremy, though, you didn't say, do you think the Nuggets are going to uh, win on Wednesday or do you see the Clippers? They're going to win, man. They're an extremely good team. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. They're going to win. Wow, one of the Jerry with the hot takes. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> of course, I'm picking them to lose. So, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. There's, there's a difference of concern. Um, all right. So, Jeremy, give me give me just to wrap kind of up the, uh, the, the, just the discussion about the Nuggets in the regular season. Um, give me, give me one, one concern you, I guess, or what, what's, what's your biggest concern, uh, for starting opening night? Mm. I, I think, I think as much as I hate agreeing with national media, cause they don't know our team, our defense, man, there, there's so much potential there. That's the game changer. That's the difference between playoffs and not playoffs. That's the, the difference between going 48 minutes against Houston, 48 minutes against – I mean, we've already proved 48 minutes against Golden State. Um, that, that's the difference. And, and so if we, if we even improve that a little bit, um, we, we will improve by leaps and bounds. That's, uh, yeah, I, I mean – it's it's absolutely it's absolutely true. I mean, I, I, the, look again. The numbers bear it out. The Nuggets are, are not a good defensive team. We know this. We know that that we know that they get killed at the perimeter and they've got no one to protect the rim other than you know like Mason Plumlee uh, and and then Paul Mill. I mean, Paul Millsap did have some 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 very nice moments giving that defense that the Nuggets have been missing. Um, but we know that's where they're gonna they, they've struggled in the past, and if they can shore that up. Uh, while maintaining their offense, then they're going to be a really, really tough team to beat. So I, I mean, I think it's a valid, it's a, it's a valid point. I, I, me personally, I go back to what we've kind of been talking about, which is they, they, this playing down to their competition. I, that Perth game still just sticks out mm, in my mm-hmm. head as like that was the Nuggets, that was bad Nuggets from last season. Uh, it was or the, or the past two seasons, really, when where we just saw them just completely. A, a, an opponent that, in in, in all, uh, and this isn't this isn't trying to knock the Perth Wildcats at all, but uh, an opponent that has 
no business playing on the same court as you, and you you end up almost almost losing to them. If, if the bench doesn't come back and bail you out, you they could have actually ended up losing that game. The game got down to one. They had we're down to a one point lead uh, in the third quarter. So my biggest concern is definitely is this team ready to take the next step? I this was something I wrote I wrote on. Um, Last last week is there's no the, the the all those veterans that guys that were always kind of there to be the the glue in the locker room the, the Richard Jeffersons the Mike Millers Jameer Nelson mm-hmm. the guys who were supposed to be kind of those mentors those guys are all gone I mean you got Paul Millsap and you got Isaiah Thomas but those guys are here to they're they're truly not here to mentor they are here to play basketball and win basketball games the the guys who are who aren't playing who are just the bench guys they're all they're all young guys now they're all guys who are playing on their first contracts in the NBA and and it, it's up to this team now to be like okay we don't need that we don't need that you know Richard Jefferson in our corner to tell us it's going to be okay and we just need to focus more the, you know this at this point it's time to put our big boy pants on and go out and play basketball whether or not they're going to do it I don't know like I you you see that Perth game and you think well. If if they look at the Perth Wildcats and play like that, what's to say they don't look at uh, the Atlanta Hawks and play like mm-hmm. that, or or the Phoenix Suns and play like that, or or in this case the LA Clippers, like we were talking about. So I that is that is where I what the number one thing I'm going to watch, and it kind of ties back into them getting off to a big start and everything else. So um, we will we're fixing to find out, I guess as as they say. Uh, Mark, what about you, man? What's your what's your top concern heading into the the regular season? So I guess this is the uh, beauty of going last. I think um, <laughs> the end of last season, I came on this podcast and talked about defense and got laughed off the podcast. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm not going to go there. Hat tip to Jeremy. Um, you're brave. Uh, <laughs> um, I think hey, did you, did you see that Zach Lowe stat real quick that he posted like yesterday? No. Or two days ago? Um, he, he said he said in 414 minutes with Murray, Harris, Millsap, and Jokic on the floor, Denver allowed just I'll, I'll sum it up the equivalent to a top five overall defense. Yeah. So I'll take it. So, but no, so I, I I have I mean I agree I think that if the Nuggets can even be an average defense I, I think that there's not a lot to worry about in the regular season. Um, that being said, just to say something different i will say that my biggest concern going into the regular season uh is nikola Jokic. Uh, i think his finger has clearly been bothering him Um, i don't think it's a serious injury by any means but i think that the nuggets live and die as Jokic goes right now Uh, i think everyone also saw last year that he had times where he was pretty passive in the beginning of the year i think some of that had to do with the fit with uh, Millsap and getting used to that um, some of that is I'm, I, we just don't know him, and I think there are some issues where guys are players are human, and he was probably going through some things. But I mean, there was a game where he attempted you know zero to two shots or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if he comes out and he's feeling healthy, and whatever is going on with his finger in the preseason has healed up, and he's aggressive and asserting himself, I think that teams like the Clippers and other bad teams shouldn't be a problem for the Nuggets because I think Nikola Jokic is a top 15 player. I think he's got the ability to raise his stock even more this year. Um, But if he comes out and he's either not healthy or we're having issues like we did in the beginning of the year where I think he's a little too passive uh, and waiting for the rest of the offense, as much as I believe in Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, I'd rather have our best players stepping up and taking control so um, I'm looking to see what Jokic does in the first, you know, five or ten games of the season. 
that's a that's a fair that's a fair one. I uh, I don't like it. A little bit different. You're right. Uh, you didn't you didn't take the easy way out. Uh, I appreciate that, Mark. I appreciate you giving us at least you know you could have been like no nope, yep defense <laughs> still defense. Oh jeez. <laughs> Moving on. Bus. <laughs> no no I'm just saying it would uh, it, you could easily double up. On, on, on that one, I wanted to double up on that one as well. So you were challenging us because it's warm it's, over here. Well, Jeremy keeps telling me why. Yeah, Jeremy keeps telling me why I'm wrong every time I go first. So <laughs> when once I go second, I might just need to start saying, "Yeah, whatever Jeremy said. That guy, that guy's That's, killing it over there. <laughs> the Philadelphia phenom." Yeah, well, I've been surrounded by by my Italian family all night, so uh, I got I got to point out your flaws right off the bat. <laughs> it's ingrained in me right now. He's got that confidence. Um, all right, um, we're definitely not getting to that general NBA stuff, but that's all right. Uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep it focused on the Nuggets. Let's make some predictions, Mark. I'll let you go first, so then Jeremy can tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What, uh, how, first off, I guess, do the Nuggets make the playoffs this season? And if so, how far do they go? No, terrible take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That's, I'm signing off for the night. Uh, no, um, I, I think the Nuggets make the playoffs. Um, I think that they were a good enough team to make the playoffs the last two years. I think that the team is only getting older and getting better. Uh, there's been a lot of young players on the Nuggets that I think are coalescing together and improving their games. Um, Millsap hopefully will play more games and be more healthy this year. Same with, I think Gary Harris missed something along 20 games last year and, um, I ride or die for the garrison. So if he is more healthy, then I think that improves the team as well. So I do think they make the playoffs, how far they go. I think 100% depends on the matchup, which is why I think it's so important for them to come out hot in the beginning of the season and try to secure a high seed. Because if they can play someone like New Orleans, for instance, who they've always played well against, uh, even though New Orleans killed Portland last year, um, or if somehow the T-Wolves sneak into the playoffs, even though God knows what's going on over there, or a team that you know will be in the 6-7-8, I, I think the Nuggets have a real chance of actually getting through the first round and making a second-round appearance, which everyone in Denver, myself included, would be extremely happy about. Um, but if they get in with a low seed and they're playing Houston or Golden State, um, I, I don't think anyone can really talk themselves into the Nuggets winning a seven-game series against those teams. So to go back to our last question, I think they really have to come out of the gate. They've got to really make an impression and secure a high seed, or it's going to be a first-round exit. That's a uh, that's a that's a good take. I like that. I, I'm with you. I think they make the playoffs. Uh, I hope they make the playoffs. Good God. Um, <laughs> And if they do, it's it's uh, the West is going to be tight. I think this this season potentially even tighter than it was uh, last year. I think maybe even you see a team like uh, Houston maybe come back a little bit to the mean. I still expect Golden State to be way ahead of everybody, but you could see something where you know seeds two through ten are separated by something like you know six games or something like that. I I would not be surprised to see that happen this year and if that's the case man it's gonna the difference between having home court advantage uh and and a beneficial first round matchup versus having to play a warriors or a rockets team or uh the jazz or someone like that in the first round could potentially be uh, one or two wins so it's 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 tough to say it's tough to say i'm I'm with you 100 percent mark it's gonna it's gonna depend on the matchup uh i think there there's a couple teams 
where the, the Nuggets, if they get get a four seed or a three seed, they would have have a good chance against. Um, but as you start to go up against those upper tier teams, if the Nuggets were a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth seed, then you suddenly start to, I, I think it's a lot less likely that they get out of that first round. So it's going to be crucial for them to try and get that home court advantage. Jeremy, what about you, man? Where are you uh, landing on the Nuggets doing this year? Yeah, I think optimistically, if things go accordingly, no injuries or anything, um, I'm not at all surprised to see us fall into around fourth or fifth seed. And I realize that there's 12 other teams who are all asking themselves the same thing, and they're all saying, yeah, I, I think optimistically fourth, fifth seed. Nobody uh, at but, Sacramento saying that. Come on, man. <laughs> well, they're not one of those 12 teams. No. You've got idiots in L.A. saying that's where the Lakers are going to go. You've got... You know, Portland thinking they're going to have a perfect storm and go back. I won't, I won't get into all the reasons why other teams won't make it. But to me, after the Thunder and the Nuggets, I think there is enough of a drop-off to consider us part of a different tier. So at that point, how far we make it, um, it's so close to me that I think it comes down to to home court advantage. We know we're a bad away team. We know what Russell Westbrook can do when he's a man on fire in his own home. So... Um, if we're facing game seven in Oklahoma City, that's just a hard game to, to favor in the, the, the Nuggets' direction. But if we get fourth seed and if we're playing the Thunder, um, I think we could clearly go in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that that's a real possibility. All right. I, I, uh, I like the optimism. There's a lot of, lot of hope here. It's, it's still uh, – we haven't played a game yet that matters, so. Uh, that's probably why yeah. I'll touch it with you guys in, in November. Right. And we'll be like, well, you know, they, yeah. they might get swept by the Warriors in the first round. It's always an opportunity for them. All right. That's your um, host, everybody. That's your host. That's it. Pat Mika. That's it. Uh, <laughs> no, I told you guys I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up just a, just on a little bit on the early side because I do, we do have an announcement uh to make for those of you who have stuck with us which is uh this is in fact actually the final pickaxe pundit show on nothing but net radio uh it has been just about almost one year to the date since we came on uh, onto the channel and now we are going to be signing off uh one last time it is uh just kind of one of those things that happens i think in the, in the sports blogging if you want to call it business uh i might call it the charity but um we're still going to be around. You guys will still be able to listen to us on our podcast versions uh, and still be, of course, able to get all of our stuff over at Denver Stiffs. I don't want to spoil all of the surprises that are coming, but make sure you're checking out Denver Stiffs over the next week. We've got all kinds of really cool stuff going on with podcasts um, that you guys, uh, I think, are going to be really excited about. We, uh, I also want to throw a shout-out right now over to Adam Mata's on the Lockdown Nuggets podcast. Make sure you guys check out his Will Barton um his Will Barton, his what do I almost say? It's like a Will Bar- Barton audio audio documentary. Like a, yeah, a biopic kind of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was it's uh, incredibly well done. A really, really good listen, and you get to learn all kinds of stuff about about Will and, and where it came from. So check that out. And then, like I said, keep it locked on DenverSis.com because we've got some really exciting stuff coming on the podcast end. Um, there as well. Uh, do want to give a shout out though to to everybody at Nothing But Net. I've got nothing but great things to say about all those guys, Kevin, Aaron, Rob. Uh, they all were were fantastic to work with. It's been um, it's been a great year with them. I really think 
you know, when we came on to, onto nothing but net, it was, we were kind of just this, this show that really didn't know what the heck we were doing. We had sometimes shows would go two hours long, uh, things like that. It was, it was, it was really kind of disorganized. And if nothing else, man, those guys really helped us give it, get a structure to our show, um, and a rhythm and, and it served us well. So shout out to everybody. Still always do, do keep it locked on to nothing but net and the dash radio network. Uh, I've, uh, as I've always said, an outstanding listen. Uh, you can download it on your phone, listen to it in your car at work, wherever, get all kinds of NBA team specific shows, just like this one, as well as some great general NBA content and music along the way so uh gonna miss those guys and we're wishing them the best and we'll hope you guys will still be listening to us over at denverstiffs.com uh make sure you're following us on twitter i'm at zach nikosh jeremy is at jeremy poly mark not on twitter but uh you know just say some just say some offensive things in the comments and mark will mark will be happy to come check in with you just <laughs> hang out in the highlands and you'll run into him just troll Mark Hart, troll Italians in the comments, <laughs> and you will find Mark uh, with very, very quickly. Uh, also, check us out on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs, and over on Facebook, give us a follow, give us a like. That's basically how we we, we pay Jeremy. So um, make sure you guys mm-hmm. are following all of those those mm-hmm. social media accounts. He would appreciate it, especially. Um, all right, guys, Jeremy, Mark, appreciate you being on. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Great show. All right, everybody. Well, I normally say we will talk to you next week, so check us out on the podcast network, and we will talk to you there. But if you're on Nothing But Net, then it has been a heck of a ride, and best of luck to you. Time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.